previously on Wove Inspiration. In Isaiah 54, he tells us, and that's a great chapter for women, period. Mm -hmm. But the verse there says, you will not remember the shame of your widowhood anymore. Yes. And so there is some shaming. When we take losses and depending on how you are left, the state that you're left in, uh, when you when you face uh, the widowhood, it can be it can leave you in a place of shame, uh, disconnect, embarrassment, what have you. This is Wove Inspiration. Here to inspire, encourage, and uplift. Hey, good morning. This is Althea with Wove Inspirations Monday Morning Motivation, and I am so excited to have this special guest on my show today. Her name is Beverly Clay out of Buffalo, New York. She is the founder and creator of SOL, which stands for Speak Out Loud, and she's going to be talking to us about mental health awareness it actually is Mental Health Awareness Month, so this is an awesome topic that we're going to go ahead and get into. So thank you so much, Beverly, for being on the show. Hi, Althea. Thank you for having me. All right. So tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Well, I created Soul because I thought it was so important to get the message out about mental health awareness. There are so many stigmas that is surrounded around mental health um, where people are fearful of speaking out about it because they're afraid of getting labeled as crazy or that nobody will understand them. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to create soul to give people a safe place to come and speak out about their mental illness. Amen. That, that's awesome. And it's interesting that I was talking to someone else earlier that um, is also talking about the subject of mental health in that for whatever reason, um, in the African-American circle, we have still not come to grips with actually dealing with mental illness. Um, I remember that's back correct. in the day, we used to call Crazy Joe, Crazy Joe, because... We didn't know that he had a mental illness. We just called him Crazy Joe because that's what we that so understood. <laughs> it yeah, seems that, like this in the past was not talked about. Exactly. You know, it was just it was it was like a taboo subject. Mm -hmm. Now it's so more open, and there's so much information, and there's so much awareness now about mental health. Yeah, exactly. And, and another thing that I have to point out is that a lot of people don't understand that it is highly treatable. Mm -hmm. through either therapy or medication or a combination of both. Right. Yes, it is. And so what is your background as far as um, the mental health, um, being a mental health advocate? What is your background? Well, I became a mental health advocate last year because I myself suffer with several mental illnesses. Mm -hmm. um, I have been diagnosed with chronic depression, I have complex PTSD, and I suffer with anxiety and a panic disorder. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. So um, how did that come about as far as your illness? Oh, wow. It started way back, probably, i say over 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, 
I was in a very bad relationship. I was under a lot of stress. Um, and then one day it's just like all the symptoms was coming on me. But at the time I didn't know what was happening to me. I just thought I was going crazy. I didn't know who to talk to. I didn't want to talk to anybody about it because I was scared. Nobody would understand me. And at the time I was in college. I only had two months, two months to go before graduation Mm-hmm. Um, where it got so bad that I had to withdraw from college and it just got to a point where one day I couldn't take it anymore. And I called my primary, um, physician and he told me to come in to have an evaluation mm-hmm. and I went in, had the evaluation and that's when they diagnosed me with depression and anxiety disorder. Okay. So, um, does any of your family members know about your, your, um, mental illness? Yes, they do. And my kids are very supportive because I am also seeing signs in a few of my children um, with the depression and anxiety. So this subject is very important to me. Um, as far as my, mo- my mother or my father, I never know any of them to have a mental illness. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of like all brand new, brand new to me at this moment. Okay. Okay. And so once that um, came about as far as a a label or an understanding, if you will, about what exactly was going on with you, is that what really um, pushed you into, you know, trying to get more information on on the whole aspect of mental illness? It definitely did. And it also made me feel a little better knowing now that it did have a name to it that I wasn't crazy, that I wasn't losing my mind. Mm-hmm. So that's when I went to a blown into learning everything that I could learn about mental illness and all the treatments that that's available out here. Okay. And so tell me a little bit more about, um, so, or, um, speak out loud. What, what is it that you actually do as far as the awareness in the community? Well, so far I had a, um, an event at the CAO in Buffalo it's the community action organization. And it was just, you know, having a conversation with the community about mental health um, awareness, um, you know, giving people the opportunity to tell their stories about their struggles with mental health and talking about the stigmas that surrounded around um, mental health. Mm-hmm. And further down the line, I'm looking to start um, workshops like, therapeutic workshops where um, through therapeutic writing, such as journaling, um, teaching breathing techniques, um, meditation techniques, just to give them a safe place to come. So mm-hmm. to, so to give the, again, to give the community a safe place to come and just to speak out loud and to, to have the freedom to finally talk to somebody about what they're going through with their mental illness. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times, um, for whatever reason, it, it is a struggle for people to really talk about their um, their mental illness. In fact, there was a video that was out with, uh, I believe, Jada Pickett and her daughter mm-hmm. and some other ladies. And they, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's to the point where people are now starting to understand that it's not about how much money you have. I don't care how much yeah. money you have. If you have a mental illness or if you are struggling with anxiety or depression, 
it, it has no certain income bracket. <laughs> there is no it's certain sure income. Done. Um, I, I work at a um, prestigious um, mental health facility myself. I've been in the field now over 10 years. And, um, you know, it, it, it has no, no economic uh, label. There's no certain amount of money, whether you poor or rich, um, short, skinny, tall, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. If you have a mental illness, you need to talk to someone. It's definitely yes, you do. Yeah, you definitely do need to talk to somebody about it. You know, because the longer that you hold it in, you know, when it finally do come out, it's going to come out ugly. It's not going to come out good. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's why the the sooner you can talk to somebody and get help about it, the sooner you will begin to heal and mm-hmm. and to get better. Right. Now, one of the things that you mentioned on your uh, on your bio is that you are a survivor of domestic violence. And so tell me about um, how that was for you. It was really rough in the beginning. Um, it's a really touchy situation. It's very emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through that um, during my marriage. I went through it for many years of domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so one day I just got tired and I started fighting back. And I told myself I would never let anyone put their hands on me ever again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then I, I had to go through what, once again, because I kept all that in, all that trauma. At the time, I didn't really tell nobody what was going on. You know, I didn't tell my family you know, they were seeing signs and they was questioning me about it, but I kept it all in. And that that also compounded the depression because I kept it in for so long. And, you know, that's trauma, mm-hmm. you know. And so, oh, just, it's, it's, it's very touchy. And yeah. like I said, I would never allow myself to ever be put in that situation again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I completely understand. And and first and foremost, I congratulate you on being able to come out of that particular relationship, that that situation, because there are a lot of women that um, are still struggling with the idea of leaving that person that's being abusive because of things that they are being told that, you know, oh, it's not going to happen again. Oh, um, I love you, and you know I, I just want the best for you. And or they hold um, stuff over their head and everything. So I commend you for being able to come out of that situation and being an advocate for so many other women that may be struggling with that as well right now. Yes, thank you. Yes, because oftentimes um, victims they do get stuck in that where you know, that might be their only source of income or they're afraid to leave. They don't have nowhere to go. So they often feel like they have to stay in that situation, but they don't have to stay in that situation. There's help. There's shelters you can go to. There's many resources to get a person out of that situation. They don't have to be in that. Yes, exactly. So we were talking um, earlier um, about, uh, the personality of maybe that abuser and um, one of the um, 
topics that we were talking about is a narcissistic personality. So uh, was that the case for, for that individual that was um, abusing you? Yes, it was, definitely was. Mm-hmm. And the sad part about it is I went from one narcissist to another narcissist. Okay. Okay. And, you know, at the time when I was dealing with the first narcissist, I didn't have no idea what a narcissist was mm-hmm. until I was in the second relationship. And then I just started seeing the same signs, mm-hmm. the same, you know. And so I really started researching it and starting to research on you know, the traits of what is a narcissistic personality disorder. Mm-hmm. And it's a disorder. It is a personality disorder. It's a mental condition in which people have, they have an inflated sense of their own importance, mm-hmm. a deep need for excessive attention and admiration. They, they often always are in, have troubled relationships and they lack total empathy for anybody mm-hmm. what it boils down to is it's all about them uh-huh. they don't know how to love um being in a relationship with a person who is a narcissist is very draining is very debilitating mm-hmm. it would take a toll on your mental health if you already have a mental illness it will make your mental illness worse um where you'll go from having depression to having um chronic depression where you'll go from having PTSD to complex PTSD mm-hmm. is very debilitating on the mental health. It right. really takes a toll. Yeah, because that individual, their focus is on, on me, 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 yeah. <laughs> and not you. And exactly. I want you to pay attention to me. And it's, yeah. it's, it's all about me. And, and I don't care what you have to say. Um, and mm-hmm. I try to hold my tongue on certain topics <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> politics, but unfortunately, um, because of all of the crazy stuff that's been going on in our country and, and everything, um, it's, it's really, to me, it seems like our, our current um, uh, administrator in office fits yes that um description and i've actually read a couple of um articles that um even pinpointed some of those um descriptions that you just said about our current administrator because of the decisions that are made and the inflated um words of um, numbers to make things look bigger than what they really are just to say me 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 this is what i'm doing Look I at so- me. this is what i did i'm better than you i'm better than the next person or the last person that was in position yeah. before i am yeah yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a grandiose thing you know they want to be known they want to be seen it, it's horrible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so in a relationship um and specifically like domestic violence, um, and you have this narcissistic personality, it's it's really hard, I'm sure um, anyone that's listening to this would be like, well, you know, he, he's not like that all the time. Um, there are some things that he is really good at. and But when he starts to put you down um, mm-hmm. for no reason at all, um, he yeah. wants to keep like a thumb on top of you to keep you down low so so that he stays up high there's a problem yes it is it's a huge problem 
Yeah. And and what they do oftentimes is is what what is called projection. They yeah. will project onto you, you know, everything that they're really doing. Like they will constantly accuse you of cheating when they know that you're not cheating, but that's because that's what they're doing. Yeah. So they want to they want to bring you down to your lowest, you know, with so much verbal abuse. And and it, it's almost inhumane what one person that a person could be that evil to another human being. Yeah. Yeah. So what were some of the signs um, initially that you saw in the relationships that you were in? It was the lack of caring, the lack of love. The I felt like I was in a relationship, but I felt like I wasn't in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you feel so alone. There's, there's no emotional connection. Um, the verbal attack. Um, and uh, it's just the the all about me. It's either my way or no way. It's like you don't have a voice in that mm-hmm. relationship. And mm-hmm. so that was another reason why I wanted, I came up with Speak Out Loud also because I wanted people to know that in this type of relationship, you do have a voice and your voice matters. Mm-hmm. But dealing with a narcissist, they would make you feel like you don't have a voice. Nothing you say is important. I don't care what you're saying. Is what I say is important. And that's mm-hmm. it. Period. Mm-hmm. But that's not true. You do have a voice to speak up. Absolutely. Absolutely. You don't, you don't deserve that. You don't, you don't have to deal with it. It's a hard relationship to get out because of all the trauma bond. Um, you know, it, it's like being on a roller coaster. Yeah. It's up and down. They go through the love bombing phase where they would love you unconditionally. And then all of a sudden you go through the period of what they call uh, discard. They mm-hmm. would discard you like a piece of trash. And that's where your mind is reeling, like, how is you just one moment loving me so much, then the next minute you're looking at me like I'm a piece of trash. Mm-hmm. So that's where it starts messing with your mental. It's like, okay, what did I do? So you constantly questioning yourself, like, what did I do to mm-hmm. make them change like that? But in reality, it's nothing that you did. It's them because it was never love. Right. You were just a supply to them. You were just something that was there to fulfill whatever need that they had at the time. And then when they didn't need you anymore, they could just discard you and go on to the next supply. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and unfortunately, a lot of times those that are um, abusers, they were abused as well. So yes. it's become a cycle uh, for that individual. And, and then if there are children involved, it can mm-hmm. continue from there as well. So there has to be um, some form of breakage to, to stop yeah. that cycle so that it doesn't continue on from generation to generation. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the sad part is that I do have six children with the, my marriage. Mm-hmm. And I am afraid that my sons will pick up that characteristic. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. because that's what they've seen. That's what they grew up around. Okay. So that that really concerns me a lot. Mm-hmm. And how old are your sons? Um, twenty six and twenty nine. Okay. Okay. So at this point, it's like you know, have them having seen all that they've seen and everything. Prayer, <laughs> prayer, yes. and pleading the blood of Jesus over them boys, yes. over those men. Yes. 
um, that exactly. that spirit, because I, I, I truly believe that it's a major spirit that continues to go from person to person, generation to generation, um, that, yeah. that generational curse um, will be broken because um, it, it just, it needs to be broken. Just Yes, it does. It really does. Wow. So you're also um, an upcoming author and you have yes. a book that's coming out in July. Can you tell me about Shattered But Not Broken? Well, Shattered But Not Broken is going to be coming out in December. Okay. I'm doing a book collaboration right now. And the chapter title of my book is going to be called The Uninvited Guest. Okay. And in that chapter, I'm talking about my depression, how it first came about. Um, you know, again, it's telling about how when I was in, I was in college and I had to um, withdraw from college. So it's just basically telling how I had my first mental meltdown and how I overcame it. And I'm also in the process now of writing a book about surviving the narcissist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a definite book that needs to be out as soon as possible. Yeah, yes, <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's a lot of women that don't real don't recognize it, and and um, I think it needs to be in black and white exactly the yes. description of what a narcissistic personality looks like, so that yes. there are um, there is at least a heads up before in uh, individual single women that are you know dating and everything get out there. They can know the signs ahead of time. That's for sure. Definitely, definitely. And what shattered but not broken is it's just a, a a total breakdown of all the abuse that I have been through. Okay. It may have shattered me, but it didn't break me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm here to tell my story. Yeah. And that's what I you know, that's just the whole thing about I want to get my story out and just let people know. I'm a survivor of rape, I'm a survivor of domestic violence, survivor of narcissistic abuse, and I'm still here. Amen. Oh, praise God. Yeah. Praise God. So what suggestions do you have with uh, for our listening audience that one, maybe a woman out there that's listening now may be struggling with a relationship that she's in that's either um, she's dealing with a, a narcissistic personality uh, mate um, or she's in a domestic violence situation and she really doesn't know how to get out. What suggestions could you offer? I should, I, well, I suggest first do a lot of research mm-hmm. and then talk to somebody, um, seek help, um, talk to your primary doctor, just talk to somebody because there, like I said previously, there is ways to get out of that situation. You don't have to feel like you, you get stuck in that situation. There are safe houses that you can go to. Um, if there's a family member that they can go to, but try to get out of that situation, especially if it's, if it's physical, you definitely don't need to be in it. Um, if, if it's a narcissistic relationship, the best thing to do is to try to go no contact, mm-hmm. which is going to be very hard, especially if they have, especially if there's children involved in a relationship. But the best way to deal with a narcissistic relationship is to go no contact. Yes, very good. Very, very good suggestion. So do you have any um, other events coming up or are you any other projects that you're working on right now? 
Well, I'm, I'm trying to come up with another event for mental health. Okay. Um, and I am working on the workshops for those. And um, the next event, I believe, is going to be somewhere in July where there's going to be the book launch. And it's going to be talking about the book. And we're going to be talking about depression, mental illness, um, domestic abuse, um, which will probably be held at, the again, the CAO, which is the Community Action Organization in Buffalo, New York. I have partnered with them. So I could have events there. So any upcoming events, I will have it posted on my Facebook page. Okay. And um, what's your uh, social media information? How can people reach you? Um, Beverly J. Clay is my Facebook page. Um, they can email me if they have any questions about my organization, which is beverlyclay38 at gmail.com. And I do have an Instagram account, I believe is Beverly J. Clay. I'm not for sure, but I can post it on my Facebook page. Okay. Okay. So do you have any last words for our listening audience? Um, I just want to let them know that they are important. They are valued. They deserve love. They deser- deserve to be treated with respect, kindness. You can get out of this. You can survive. You are a survivor. And you can do this. Amen. Amen. Well, Beverly, it has been a pleasure and honor to have you on my show today. Thank you so much for being transparent. I know that this was a little difficult for you. And so I do not take that lightly. I I really appreciate you wanting to share your story. And I'm definitely looking forward to your book. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for having me and giving me this opportunity to share, to share my story. Absolutely. This is Althea with Wove Inspirations, Monday Morning Motivation. You guys have an awesome day and God bless. Thank you so much for taking time out to listen to Wove Inspiration. If you'd like to follow us, we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at W-O-V-E Inspiration. If you want to leave a comment or question, or if you're interested in being a guest on the show, email us at woveinspiration at gmail.com. This is Althea Richardson. I hope everyone has an awesome day and keep moving forward.